Welcome to the Old Man Owens Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we are getting we're getting deeper into this Pokemon adventure. Probably so deep that we could even throw people up and be like, Jesus Christ, how much Pokemon is these one people going to talk about? They're like, I don't know what the fuck. If you, if you would read the story, you'd fucking know how sick it is. <laughs> it would probably be very... Because, you know, we would do, like, volume one. It's like, oh, yeah, we just covered the new Batman. Volume one of Batman or whatever. But, or volume one of whatever new comic that came out. We might do that every so often back in older episodes. But, you know, and then like, move on to the next thing. Like, is this, like, because it's just been, like, one after another. It's like, is this exclusively a Pokemon show? They took a break with Bruce Lee. But no, no, it's actually, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of getting to the end of it. <laughs> this exclusive Pokemon show of just one random Bruce Lee episode in between. <laughs> Just to break it up, and we could even you could even make a like some kind of like long winded like random like oh well you know uh, Hypnum Lee is inspired by so no like how it all ties together and why it all works out. <laughs> but no, we're just trying to finish this run because back when we were doing our month on um, Nintendo miscellaneous Nintendo comics, we and we finished it up with volume one of this, and all most of those Nintendo comics were like yep one and done. This is just a little mini arc thing. Hope you kids enjoyed it. Where this one is still going on, or at least ended. I think at least Aloha, maybe or Black and White. But um, yeah, no, I know it goes the, past uh, past that. It is at least it. Yeah, Aloha. I don't, for some reason, I don't know if they have Sword and Shield ones. That's the only one I'm not too sure if they still make. Or maybe them. they haven't come to America yet, possibly. But <laughs> um, anyway, we were just like we read the first volume, and we were both just like, "Wow, this was really good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just started reading them. Um, and then you're like, we should just do them for the show. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're right. I might as well. Yeah, they're so fucking good as is. And now we're finally getting to see, like, what really happened to Red in this one. You know, that full, that whole battle that went down between him and Bruno and whatnot. Like, yeah, Yellow kind of takes a back seat to this one for a minute. But it's one of those things, you know, it opens up with, like... Um, I, I guess I'm a little confused. I mean, maybe it's maybe it was... Cause I, I, watched the sh- I stopped watching the show before it happened, but I know eventually... May came in as Ash's new friend in the show eventually. And Gary's sister right here is named May. So I don't know if that was actually the thing. Like if eventually he's like, you know what? I may not like, I may not like Gary, but I'm fucking a sister. Totally fucking a sister. If that happened in the show. (laughs) That's what it seems like. Well, first here, she's just like, you know, she's taking a job. We're like with professor Oak, professor Oak's like, don't you be fucking selling those maps again? You just scan them off the internet and fucking print them out and what? That's no, that's no legitimate. But Grandpa, I drew them all myself. Yeah, that's what they always say. They drew the fucking map themselves. What are you, a cartographer? You know. <laughs> I, I use the ruler and everything, Grandpa. Yeah. I love how he's like so anti against their like you know entrepreneurship of like selling you know maps to local strangers. Local strangers. That boy lived next door. I caught him jerking off once looking through the window. That's why we had and you to give it to him for free. You realize he's never going to go away now, right? He's always yeah. be looming around those bushes. He's be waiting like those fucking things he's trying to catch, just waiting in the tall grass. You see his fucking hat go by like the shark fin in Jaws. Yeah, that, that privacy bush isn't even helping the cause anymore either, too. He found a way around that one. Cut. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> God damn those those fucking HMs. Yeah, who the fuck gave that kid cut? You a ten year old boy with the power of cut is just asking for trouble. It was apparently some fucking captain that all was such of a bitch at sea. All he needed was his back rubbed. <laughs> yeah, you know what that means when a captain says he needs his back rubbed from a ten year old boy. 
Some L. Ron Hubbard shit's going on. Just saying. Shit, I, I was a Pokemon trainer. 40 plus fucking years. Don't, don't question the age. But it was different back then, though. People had standards and morals. <laughs> and an but old man was just friendly. That was all. <laughs> but jumping to the story, basically World War Three is happening in Kanto. And uh, the Elite Four is just attacking everything. Just full-on war has happened. Misty's fighting off Celadon. Brock's fighting off Pewter. Erica's fighting off... Um, oh, no, no. Misty's Cerulean. Uh, Erica Celadon. But, yeah. It's just C names. They get confusing. They do. <laughs> and then we go back. Apparently, there's this just like, oh, you know that island that's just shaped like a big, like, you know, the blue turtle shell from Mario Brothers, basically? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that place. That's where, you know, because at the end, it ended with, like, them fight coming across, like, the remaining members of Rocket. And you find out they're doing the whole thing of, like, you know what? We may not like each other, but we all hate the four. So if we work together, maybe we can make something happen here. This is where we need that great theme song from, like, the Fantastic Four cartoon show where it's like, Just call the four! Fantastic four! However the fuck it went, but, um... I, I that was that was a, that was my biggest takeaway from that thing. It's like it had that fun theme song, and then of course the thing would always be pissed off at everything. Like, Rawr! I know this has nothing to do with Pokemon, but the four remind me of it. Just to linger on that just for a minute longer. Real talk, I never gave a shit for Fantastic Four. I know they basically saved Marvel and brought them back to superhero stuff, but I never gave a shit for Fantastic Four. But maybe I just didn't read the right book, probably. But you know. I always wanted to really find, like, that thing that was going to be totally the, the awesome, like, gateway to Fantastic Four. I really thought that cartoon show was almost going to be it more than anything else, because I thought it was going to be in the same style as Spider-Man and X-Men. And it's, like, it's done more like an 80s TV show, so it's not nearly as interesting. Yeah, apparently the same shared animated universe when they were still getting their footing on all that type of shit. Yeah, it's not but bad, it wasn't, really... but it's not, like, it's not X-Men, Spider-Man, Batman caliber, let's just say that. And, I, and that's what I was expecting it to be. The thing is, those those good Marvel shows you remember, the ones that really were really good were the X-Men and Spider-Man ones, and I want to say Iron Man even came out first, but that was like some very, like, I tried watching, it's on Disney+, Plus. I tried watching the first two episodes on Disney+, Plus. like, this is, this is a thick dick to choke down, I don't know if I can get through it. <laughs> See, that one is probably in the same category as the Fantastic Four one, and like, they must have just made them first, because the Fantastic Four one just literally, I mean, I know it came out, like, I almost want to say after X-Men, like a year or so later, but like, it literally felt like that should have been a show from like 1988, like it would have butted up right against like G.I. Joe, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, that had nothing to do with Pokemon other than the Fantastic Four of the Elite Four, and everybody's doing Link, it. Links, it links to our main wheelhouse. But I will say, at the end of the day, I always like the thing in Fantastic Four. If there's one thing I do like about Fantastic Four, the thing's pretty badass. Ben Grimm. I always like Ben Grimm. If you can just get Ben Grimm and throw him in, in the Avengers or another team. Or by awesome. himself. <laughs> by him, or just the thing, you know, he's just thinging around, you know. But, um, anyway, going back, to, going back to the thing at hand. You yeah. Know, back to the thing. We got, um, pretty much the, um, I guess you would say the Team Rocket, like, gym leaders as Sabrina, Lieutenant Surge, and Koga teaming up with Gary and Blaine. I love there's that, there's, like, that shot that, like, when, um, I think it's, like, Yellow or somebody walks up, I can't remember who it is, like, I think it almost is, um, Bill, Yellow, 
and um, Green walk up on it, and there's just that picture where it just like looks like a fucking shady deal's going down. It's like on page eleven <laughs> at the bomb corner. Even Blaine's like turn around, like oh shit, put the stuff away, Blue, put the stuff away. And you there's know, like a gym bag, but in the middle of all of them. <laughs> yeah, and like look at Electrobuzz. Electrobuzz is like looking over with like a Lieutenant Surge. They both got these eyes, like yeah, I'm gonna fuck that boy the second that all these guys leave. Well, here's the thing about like I'll say this, um... and even like a gold duck, gold duck's even looking over like shit. I hope the police don't show up. I already got two warrants. <laughs> I'm, not, on the I'm not going back to prison. <laughs> I don't care if I gotta kill some cops. I ain't fucking going back. <laughs> no, like it's like, like you look closer, gold duck. He has like two teardrops under his eye. <laughs> now, um, the thing about um, I'll say this about Electabuzz real quick. I always feel like, I mean, he's not a, he's a, he's oh, a oh, cool oh, 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 oh. That, It's just that voice. It's just that voice. But he, he is a cool character. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the granted, it was the show that gave him that. But I feel like, you know, because every so often you come around r- random trainers in the game. It'd be like, Fisher wants to fight. Nerd wants to fight. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, you know, there'd be a whole other trainer. Like, Barstool Carl wants to fight. And I feel like it's just the slob <laughs> that hangs out at the bar all day. Has, like, you know, does not pay child support, all that. I feel like he would definitely have an Electabuzz. He would have an Electabuzz. He'd have shit that didn't really have to evolve because he didn't want to have to put the effort into training him. Yeah, he wants him to be strong right off the bat. He's that guy. He'd have a Rhyhorn. He'd have an Electabuzz. He's like, he'd he's probably like, have... Like, I paid have 500 a fucking dollars for that Electabuzz. It better be fucking good. He'd have a Mankey. He'd have a Mankey. Yeah. Because he needs bar He's definitely like a barman's like Pokemon. You know what I mean? I just feel like that's the Pokemon that like you'd be like, "Hey, Mankey, take another shot of whiskey. Here's some peanuts from the bar." Yeah, I'm a good trainer. <laughs> Don't you Go hit that, that test look? your strength machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, you know, I, I guess there's like those biker guys in the original Pokemon game. That like you're, I think they're like in the area where like you ride your bicycle. It's just like, "Hey, kid, what are you doing out here?" For motorcycles only. It's like it's called the bike course. Yeah, well, fucking big four. What a motorized bike! And those guys always seem to have like mankeys and like electrobuzzes. It seemed like they had those kind of Pokemon. They always felt like they those just guys got back. always thought they were fu- they were fucking posers. I can't take them seriously. I'd rather fight like Barstool Carl than those guys. You know, <laughs> than the bikers hanging out on the bicycle course. <laughs> I can't take them fucking seriously. We're picking no, up chicks. Yeah. The chicks are twelve years old. <laughs> Give it a shot. They're even mean. She's like, well, how do you even get back? So that, how do you even like try and press them? He's like, oh, you know, I, I don't My know. My bike's bigger either, than their so bike. I guess, that's a, I guess that's an opener for conversation. Shit. <laughs> well, I, I, like the way I t- approach everybody is with a very threatening fight. <laughs> hey, so can I get your number after, after, you know? After she just kicked your ass with a Meowth, yeah. You're like, oh, can I use some of that payday? You know, you know the, the, the Pokemart's free for some people, not for me. <laughs> the Pokemart. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, shady deals going on. Someone walks in, like, Yellow walks in and all that, and then that's where we suddenly cut to Laura, Lorelai, and she's talking to Bruno, and Bruno's like, that boy Red... I feel like he was my true rival. And we finally get the flashback over to Red having his battle with Bruno. Yeah, and it's like super intense. And, you know, Bruno's doing the thing like, 
this is what I live for. This is what I train for. The ultimate battle. The ultimate success. You know, all this, you know, hard work paying off. You read. You read. You're the 12-year-old boy I've been looking for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> There's one 12-year-old bat boy to be my rival. I wish it to be you. No. The thing, here's the thing about uh, Bruno. He is distinctly different from the rest of the four. Because the rest of the four seem to have this um self-important grand idealized vision of what they're doing you know they think they're more better or more important what they are the thing is bruno he's just so dedicated to fighting and becoming the best warrior mm-hmm. he almost just like well these when it gets down to it he's really the only one that's probably can match up with us and i just, they don't say this but this is almost how i take it i almost take it like they recruit the him just so they don't have to fight him. That's almost how I take that. Yeah, because he's too big and scary and strong to like not have on your side. And I guess because Bruno's almost like was one's like, hey Bruno, we're we're saving the rainforest. Well, I like the rainforest. Okay, he signed up. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's also kind of like you know. And I was kind of like assuming and kind of guessing from like the last issue and. I think I was almost trying to correct you, but you were right. Basically, the Elite Four do want to wipe out just about all people, or at least thin the herd enough to keep make uh, Pokemon basically just reign supreme over the world, more or less. Yeah, because they, they literally are like a group of eco-terrorists <laughs> at the end of the day. You know, it's Professor Oak's like, make sure you guys go out there and stop those dirty fucking hippies from trying to kill us all. <laughs> Charles Manson the, listening, motherfuckers. <laughs> Listen to fucking Helter Skelter on repeat all fucking day. <laughs> Fuck them. I was just waiting for that, like, why, like, Professor Oak and Agatha, like, have this problem. And I really wish it was just some, like, 1960s band that they fucking had and shit started to get dark. <laughs> and Agatha wanted to take it to the next level. And, and Professor Oak was like, yo, 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 I just, I'm fucking here for the music. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm all about. I know you're she into started- this weird dark arts and you want to go fucking murder some actor. She started hanging out with some asshole, carving a swastika into his forehead, talking about how the race Ca- wars is going to begin. Team, carving a team rocket sign in his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And that's like, when she really broke her heart when I just enlisted. Yeah. Cut my hair and everything, you know, joined up with Lieutenant Surge. Started yeah. working out, got jacked. I cut my hair. Started paying my taxes. <laughs> That's really what pissed her off. <laughs> she called me a sellout, but really, I bought in. She said, you're a phony, man. And then, you know, she threw a copy of Catcher at the Rye at me. And, you know, since she was fucking high, it, it flew off to the left when I was standing in front of her. But just she saying. thought she was throwing a Pokeball, but she was so fucked up on shrooms, she couldn't tell what it was. Yeah. It was all the same to her. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, she's an eco terrorist now. Go figure. I, we all assume she ended up dead in the back of a the back of like a, v, a VW like bus or some shit. In fact, Man. in fact, I was really pl- you know that's what I was planning on. You know, I mean, like, I, I know you guys look at me like you actually date this. Like, yeah, it's was, it was the '60s though. You know what I mean? She was cool back then, and and then something happened. She was hot as fuck, but then you know, one day. One day she starts talking about, we gotta, start talking about a race war. I'm like, oh shit, that's a red flag. Yeah, and then her and Janice Joplin are just drinking copious amounts of, you know, whiskey and, you know, Oak Straight. You know, me and Ted Nugent were fucking hanging out, you know what I mean? We didn't know what we were doing, we just wanted to play guitar! (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, if you don't want, if there's one person you don't want to bring to a hippie commune, it's Ted Nugent. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you that right now. <laughs> what can I say? Ted threw out his uh, Arcanine, had a big battle with frickin' lead singer of Jefferson Airplane. He threw a fucking, uh, he threw like a, his drowsy out there. It was a whole shit show. So I just thought, you know, I'm going to move to fucking Canto and I won't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> but, but it came back. That's almost, that's got to be a thing. I don't want to, I know we keep on getting on different tangents, but that's got to be a thing where like, if this band member was a Pokemon trainer, what would they have? That's got to be a kind of a thing right there. I feel like if you were a rock band in the 60s, you definitely had a drowsy. Yeah, drowsy, a hypno, very, very 60s like Pokemon. Abra, not Alakazam, because you didn't have probably the focus or the uh, or the uh, discipline to train it that high up. But you might have because you'd be doing a lot of trading. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You'd be, you'd be like, hey man, can I give you my Kadabra for that, for that kilo? Man, <laughs> that Kadabra, it's your Kadabra, it's my Kadabra, it's all our Kadabras. Kadabra's like, I don't fuck you guys, I don't belong to all of you, stupid sons of bitches. Get me the fuck out of here. Why'd you get rid of that teleport ability? I needed that. <laughs> I just want to fucking go home. <laughs> but anyway, they end up having uh, Bruno and Red end up having this big, long battle to go through most of their characters, most of their team. And um, they end up having like Bruno just like has this genuine respect for Red. But that's where and within the middle of that battle, because it's a flashback within that flashback. We see, like, Agatha brought Lorelai in because she had a seal that was basically dying. And Agatha saved her, saved the seal, and more or less just kind of brought her in. Like, hey, you know, humans are evil. Oh, they are? Yeah, just saved your fucking seal. But most other humans are evil. Let's fucking kill them all. Okay, it makes sense. Yeah, because it seems like Lorelai was just, she was definitely, like, kind of like a Bruno, but then very, very easily swayed into this, like, into Agatha's wrath against fucking Professor Oak and his fucking, you know... Turnpoint band. I will have to say, though, there, there is a scene in here. I also want to say this really quickly. We're fucking Bruno's fighting uh, Red. And uh, mm-hmm. um, Red's got Polyrath, and then Bruno's got Hitmochan. And there's a scene where he's like, do the double slap or whatever. Fucking, like, Polyrath, he's got fucking Hitmochan's hand held, like a fucking, like, son that goes to try to hit his father. And then his, his hand's up there, like, don't you fucking dare try to swing at me. It's just like, it's fucking like beating the fucking hippo jet. It's like one of the best pictures. <laughs> I last so like, boy! Like open hand palm slap. Yeah, it literally even has like the sound effects. So like, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Go to your fucking room. Yeah, it is. Get the fuck out of here. So I just, I love fucking Polygraph. Polygraph just is that fucking like character. Just like, I fucking don't take shit from anybody. Well, even when he looks at him, granted, he loses the fight, but at the bottom panel, he has this, like, him hit my, hit my chin's like, the fuck? Probably like, what are you doing now, boy? <laughs> yeah, where you, where you going, huh? You guys want to have your little powder puff gloves? <laughs> Don't you fucking mess with the wrath. Where you going with that little man pussy? <laughs> boy, what? <laughs> Get over here, I want to grab it. But then, like, he uses the Thunder Punch, they make a whole point of it being like, oh, well, that's a uh, strength that, uh, you know, it's it's, thun- it's Thunder Punch, and that's what Water's weak to. Like, all right, well, they have Gyarados versus Onyx for a minute, and they're just riding their Onyx and their Gyarados, and they're just fighting. And that whole battle right there is pretty awesome, just because 
I mean, granted, you don't care enough to knock that thing out in a heartbeat in the game, but they make it look cool and they make it look believable. But the thing that it, but the thing that Bruno gets in the bank, I'm not sure if it's still happening or, or what goes on. Basically, this battle goes on for a while. He gets he ends up pulling up his uh, Venusaur at some point, and then you know the ground starts to shatter and all that. But then eventually, and they have this long winded battle, and it's all cool. But eventually, what ends up happening is Bruno starts to get like taken over by uh, Agatha's like psychic ability characters, mm-hmm. like her Gengar or something. And from there, he can't really fight. He can't move. And you find out they re- they're trying to drag uh, Red out there because they need his eighth gym badge. Because nobody really ever had the eight gym badges before. Yeah, it's like one well, of those. Well, the, there's a point somewhere in this issue that they say that like only nine people have been Pokemon Masters throughout time, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of. Yeah. I, I like the fact that it's like, oh, it's not that common. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also just one of these things. Like reading this, I'm wondering this because right here he's frozen. He can't control himself. Bruno's stuck in this position. So I'm wondering from here on in, is he under their control and he doesn't realize it, or does he just like? Man, why don't you guys break up my fight? That's a dick move. Anyway, yeah, I'll see you back at the house at 8. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's one of those ones I kind of have that weird thing. It's like, you can tell that Bruno's sort of being, like, a little bit used, and it's kind of like, you know, just, you know, tell him only 25% of what the plan really is. You know? Yeah. Well, he just wants to battle, and I think he's he doesn't care. He well, he's battle, and he wants to, he wants to protect Pokemon. Like he's very like you know all about the Pokemon. Because there's that part where they're battling, and like the Diglets are like crossing. He's like, whoa, 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 Red, hold hold the fucking phone. I fucking love a Diglet. Let him cross. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? let him fucking cross. Shit, you don't got anywhere to go. Now he put up a sign here, like cross, like you know, like Diglet Xing. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> And as they're going by, they're just going like, dig, 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 dig. And he just, you see, like, he looks back at Bruno. He's like, he's like, dig, his head, dig, like, dig, 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 He starts going in, like, behind him in order. He's just, like, like kind of, like, crouched down, but, like, bouncing along. <laughs> just this really big guy. <laughs> it's the little things that make him happy. He grabs, like, I mean, two, are you surprised two he's like this? just starts spinning it around. Are you surprised that he's like this? His name is Bruno. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. And then he's just like, oh, here's the thing. You know, let me tell you, let me tell you. Like, uh, Onyx right here, that he creates tunnels. In the process, the Diglets fucking love these tunnels. And as they're diggling it through the tunnel, they turn to Doug Trios. Now, if a fucking city's built, where the fuck's Onyx gonna go? And how's Diglets gonna happen? And everything's fucking destroyed. And it's just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, can we, uh, get back to the battle? Oh, oh, oh. yeah, sure, sure. And then oh, yeah, he gets yeah. frozen. Yeah, and then he gets, oh, 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 not the diglets. <laughs> and then, but, but they, they, they kind of make, yeah, because they do make a good point. Like, how is a housing development going to help this? What's, how's, how's a shopping mall going to help this? So, I think he might be in with them, but he's more of, like, he wants to protect Pokemon, and then he's also, he wants to battle. So, he's, I feel like he does have a little bit of a cause, but he's more there for the fight, and it wouldn't surprise me, I mean, I guess we'll we'll find out by Volume 7, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's the first one to go against the rest of the four in a way of, like, no, it's not the honorable thing to do. Because he got, because basically they ended up taking him, put him over, under control, and that's where you see uh, with a combination. This is where they start using that crazy, that crazy shit where, um... They got three different... They bring in three different characters at once and make the battle way more complicated. 
than you'd expect it to be. But Lorelai basically makes a sculpture, a voodoo sculpture out of ice, and then Agatha starts doing voodoo shit with it. And out of that, she freezes red, but then uh, Pikachu is just barely able to get away. She tried to do the same thing, but that's where there's that ice sculpture of red, because he was stuck in there for a while. And that's where he just flat out get like... <laughs> like Hypno-Lee. Hypno-Lee does the, like, baby killer right to Red's gut. <laughs> that's, like, that's like a brutal fucking scene. Like, that's like the one where it's like, most people that sign up to be Pokemon, like, trainers are like, oh, I didn't fucking sign up for this part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, his that's where Red just basically falls down a hill and ends up, like... I'll be honest, this picture of Pikachu trying to get away from him, not Lee. His, the way his hands are, he has, like, the kind of rapey grab hands. Up and, like, Pikachu's like, oh, fuck. And then so he just gets out of there. Because he has to get out of there before he's like, they made a mistake. They did not get your tail. And that's where that, that works as a source of your power. So run as fast as you can. Get away as soon as you can. And uh, use, uh, like, get somewhere where that ice can melt so it doesn't take over your whole body. Like, it's taken over me. And... That's where he ends up heading over to Pallet Town. That's what they mentioned. Like, oh, you know what? I think something may have happened to him. The reason why he didn't take you back to where Red was exactly, because he was so messed up, both physically and mentally. He's he actually, he literally has a scar. War in his trauma. Now. Yeah. He has PTSD. He's just like shaky. He has to, you know, don't be surprised. He's not like in a wheelchair in Mexico fighting William Defoe right now. Yeah, exactly. Or he's like fucking Chris Tucker and like dead presidents coming back. Like, just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do love like fucking PTSD fucking Pikachu. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, because I guess that's a character that you you wouldn't expect to have that. But it's like, oh shit, this this Pokemon went through so like, a, you know, a humongous battle and like fucking is scarred. And like, he wakes up in the fucking middle of the night, like in a hot sweat, just be like, <gasps> Pikachu, you had a nightmare again? Pikachu. He just wakes up, just like blows a tree up. Like it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. They're in the bushes. They're in the bushes. Here, Pika, it's okay. Here's like, here's a cigarette. Here's a cigarette. He like lights up real quick. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's good. It's okay. He's just like rocking himself back. Here, this is the end, my dear. Like turn the fucking song off. Fucking punches out like a mirror. Like, who for the fuck left this mirror sand right here? I don't know, but fucking... I'm in the fucking forest, but... <laughs> and, like, well, he does actually... They do go out of their way. Um, granted, it doesn't... It, this thing still, I'm going to say, it still remains PG, but every so often the guy tips its toe in PG-13. And not that he has a scar is a big deal, but I'm surprised they do that to their mascot character. And granted, it's not like it's across his eye or across his mouth or something. It's across his ear. You don't even—I didn't even really notice it until they pointed it out. But looking mm-hmm. back, flipping this thing a second time, like, oh yeah, he does have a little bit of a scar on his ear. Yeah, I mean, it's more just like you know, all of one or two lines. So you know, you can't really notice it for the most part until they bring it up. But um, but you don't think that's something they acknowledge? Like, that's our mascot character. We can't do that. Yeah, you can't damage the intellectual property. That's like something they would say nowadays. I feel like. That, That's that, like, you can't put a scar on Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it's like, well, those ones like this, the, the nice thing about this book is that it was just written, like, before Pokemon was in a sense, like, just a ginormous, I mean, I guess by about the time this issue or this volume came out, I mean, we're in the gold and silver era, so, I mean, it is fucking pretty huge. 
But mm-hmm. for the most part, it started off in, you know, like the kind of a pre-Pokemon Mania era. So they could kind of get away with some of these things that I feel like if this book would have been started, like if you would have made this book now, we would never be able to do half these things in here. Yeah, well, I also feel that definitely that's the case. But I feel like the people making it, like, this was actually closer to what the um, original creator of the series wanted. He apparently wanted it. Well, the vision, the way the show goes, that's not what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted it to kind of age with its audience. Not to the point of like being rated R or anything like that. But he did want it to actually get a little heavier and a little darker at points. And this definitely does that. Now it's not to the point of like, it's still definitely a PG. But I can def- it definitely does age more than from when the first issue started. So what you're saying is that by t- if we went out and picked up the latest Pokemon volume right now, the character should be fucking 30 years old then. <laughs> Like, just, like, bench pressing, you know? Just, like, fucking, like, chain smoking, hard drinking, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like the, if that was made for, like, the Professor Oak audience. Well, granted, I'll say this. This was, he said that back in the 90s. I don't know if he feels that way the same now. Because, you know, it's way more, I mean, because the fact they probably kept it, you know, like, we all, because I, I think Nintendo, the, uh, the suits Nintendo said, there's always going to be a nine-year-old kid in America. So they always wanted to keep it somewhere from 7 to 12 as their main demographic. But they, I guess then they didn't count on the nostalgia market and then, you know, compile that. Because this book, you can say what you will about the series, the whole franchise itself, but the book is a well-constructed story. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, the games are well-constructed stories, too, but... I, I think the games are just more... The games are more fun, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, wiggle room to input your own ideas of what you want the characters to be. From what I the games I did play, I never thought the game the stories were that great. They weren't bad. They 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 were they were suitable, mm-hmm. but they were never really like. It's not like I was playing a, a Hideo Kojima game. Well, or, yeah, they're they're not like Red Dead Redemption. They're they're not like that caliber. I don't mean like that, but I mean like they still are like that. I, I think it's because it's like it's a lot more like you fill in kind of your own like feelings like on top of everything, like. It's not one of those, like, I'm going to hold your hand and walk you through my movie. It's like, Pokemon's uh-huh. supposed to be kind of like, hey, this is you. You kind of add, like, commentary along the way. I think that's kind of like how you're supposed to interpret a Pokemon game. Yeah, that's how I feel the way, too. So, um, I think that's the reason why something like the game still hold up to me, but the show doesn't. Because it's a good baseline. It's a good, it's a good, um, this, this, this comic proves that you can kind of, it's, it's a good source material and you can do a lot with it it's very versatile but if you have the context of just the show in mind that's where it probably seems a little bit more limiting but moving forward from there after we see how uh red finally got taken down and pika got away that's where we cut over to um yellow back on the island trying to sneak in and fight the elite four and that's where blue and green come in or bill and and green or bill yeah yeah bill and green come in and then from there, they end up like, they have something, what was it? It was something important they end up dropping, that a Slowpoke or Slowbro is like, I'm gonna fucking eat this! Oh, it's like the map that they have to get into, like, the base or whatnot, and then it's like, and Bill's like, don't fucking eat it, don't fucking eat it, oh, he fucking ate it, oh, shit! Green's like, like, good job, you fucked it up, Bill! Yeah. It's like, well, it wasn't my fucking there, fault. Just fucking cut could... yellow. <laughs> and then from there... We cut into, we see, like, more of the uh, forest forces attacking a bunch of the other cities. And then we cut over to, this is where they actually use a lot more of the technical things. And that's where 
they're looking to meet up with Blaine in blue because they're coming in from the other island. Like, wait, they're not here? Oh, shit, they're attacking the other cities? Oh, man, what the fuck are we going to do? And then that's where, like, uh, Green's like, yo, Clefable has big ears, so she can hear from, like, a while away. So we can just, fo- we can just follow what Clefable knows. So just my- read her mind. And that's like, wait, Rocket's here? What the fuck's Rocket doing here? And that's where they get low- the low- lowdown on what's happening. And that's where Sabrina is like, yo, okay, so I'm going to have my uh, Alakazam here do some magic shit. He's going to give you all a spoon, <laughs> and the spoon just basically bends in the direction of whoever you should team up with. I, I love how it's like they're literally like, they're like, how are we going to solve teaming up? We're just going to draw sticks, but in this case, draw spoons. And it, it's ironically enough, it's all the people that basically fought each other during the Sylph uh, fight. Or, uh, Sylph or Sylphco? How do you pronounce Sif. it? Sylphco fight, yeah. And basically, it's, you know, so it's uh, Green with Sabrina. Well, it's Blue like, it's with like, Koga. They, they personally like, okay, here's Team Woman. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then Koga and fucking, like, you know, Blue go together. So it's almost like, you know, the Kung Fu kind of guys. And then mm-hmm. Lieutenant Search, everybody's like, well, I guess my partner's supposed to be red. But uh, you'll do. Come on, Bill. Just, I think he just grabs and throws him over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, just like, we're having a hell of a time. Here, got a six-pack of beer we can split on the way. And Yellow and Blaine are like, well, we already kind of came together. So might as well. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. I like how he's just all like, all right, come on. Come with me, college boy. Yeah, he's like, you're you're gonna teach me four years and forty steps. You fucking draft dodger. <laughs> yeah, I know why you joined fucking college. You fucking lied to me, boy. <laughs> Let me ask you this: How many ears do you have on your necklace? None. That's what I fucking thought. You yeah, southern accent ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Bill. I know Bill can't do a whole lot, but I really like Bill. No, Bill's an amazing... Well, because I think that's the thing, is he's supposed to be kind of the guy who's like... Here's a guy who just kind of works on, you know, scientific projects and so on, and he's not a Pokemon trainer, and I think that's kind of like the one thing that's kind of nice almost, because everybody's a Pokemon trainer. But Bill's the one guy's like, no, I'm just in the fucking computers and shit. And you wouldn't think they'd use him, because you bump into him once in the game, and if you want to go back and see him, you can. But... Beyond that, he's that's you never think he's a character that kind of he kind of comes up and you don't really think of him again. And he's just a really good inventor. And the thing is, yeah, he he has a few Pokemon or whatever, but he doesn't do a whole lot of fighting. And but there's something about him that's just really likable. I think because he's just really resourceful and he is smart, but he's not like everyone else. He stands out in his own different way. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know what it is like Lieutenant Surge Bill pairing. I was like, dude, I'm fucking sold there. <laughs> That is, I, yeah, I really like this uh, this issue. I really like, and this covers something that we were debating about like four, like two or three episodes ago. Which that what that we're like, okay, is that a gold bat or is that some weird little device shaped like a gold bat? No, that's a fucking gold bat. Yeah, they explain it. it's like the supersonic or whatever makes it like when it pierces through the walls or whatever, then like it comes back and you can see it like a screen in Goldbat's mouth. Like they, so at least they kind of figure out, I really do think that probably fucking like letters came into Japan and they're, and they're just like, oh yeah, we'll figure this out. Well, I think it happened with the Goldbat. I think it happened with the Polyrath thing. How like, how the fuck did it evolve without a stone? You know, I think yeah. there's all these little like inconsistencies that fans are like, well, like, oh, let's just shut these fucking nerds up. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's retroactively add this. 
Yeah, because I'm sort of thinking that's kind of what these kind of moments sort of are, because you know what I mean? Like, as they were making those first, you know, few books, it's like, you know, nobody said anything because the games were were barely even out. And then by this point, you know, everybody's a fucking, everyone's a fucking Pokemon expert now. (laughs) Shit, don't ask the guy who's writing the fucking comics. (laughs) Well, I think it's also interesting because they they bring in that whole aspect of, um, they bring in that whole aspect of, like, Oh yeah, well after apparently after Blue beat Koga, he just took his gold bat. Like fuck you, you don't need this. But then when they're since they're working together to fight Agatha, they give the they they give him they give it back. Yeah, well it's like I think there's that kind of thing where they just always have that sort of like somewhat Pokemon trading in there. You know what I mean? Like to keep that kind of like aspect alive. Like probably as well those weird things where it's like I can see like Nintendo and Game Freak being like, okay, just. Mention the trading throughout, you know, every once in a while. If there's an opportunity to trade a Pokemon, just kind of have it in there. Because that's sort of what we're selling this game on. Because that's almost that thing that you don't... I mean, it's always been in Pokemon, but I feel like the trading aspect is kind of... Or at least maybe just when you get older, it just kind of goes away. Probably because you're just not at school to trade with anybody anymore. Maybe that's the main reason. (laughs) Well, it's also, I feel like, um, there would be that thing you trade. And you only trade just to, like, make this guy evolve or just to get it into your Pokedex. Just to get the credit for it in your Pokedex. Until you learned how to clone. Which... But that only works on like the, Red and Blue, the originals. That only works on Red and Blue and the original. Yeah. It only works on those ones. So once you do that, that's where... Did it work on Yellow, too? No, it didn't work on Yellow. Okay, well, it worked on Red and Blue. But anyway. From there, it was just one of those things where it's just... Um, what was I saying? Like, that that right there was one of those ones where, like, okay, okay, that became kind of funny again. But really, you didn't really trade for a long time. Like, And when I was playing Let's Go, when that came out, it was only just to, like, you know, okay, I'm going to trade it so I can make this guy evolve. And I can see what the other guy... Because you don't, you don't have a little thing, like, saying, hey, man, can you trade me this? Can you trade me that? You just see what he's trading. Like, okay, that thing needs to trade to evolve. And I can see... I can't even read the guy's name. It was, or the lady's name. It was in Japanese. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because that's that weird like online trading where it's where it's that it's that thing where you just don't have that that person to person connection like we once used to have where you know. But it's but like it was obvious. It was just obvious. Like I, I could see that it was only just transactional, just because like okay, now we got to tr- trust each other. That was a real. I think I'm going to say this <laughs> for me. That was almost kind of like a. Uh, international kind of bonding experience because clearly my name was in English, their name was in Japanese, whoever they were. But you understood. See, we, I could see what they were selecting. They could see what I was selecting, and without even speaking, there's this mutual understanding. We were sending it back to one another. It's like in the Last Samurai when Tom Cruise finally just kind of connects with the family and kind of gets it. <laughs> it was exactly like. <laughs> Like, you realize that, like, oh, it doesn't matter where we're from. We're after the same thing. Pokemon Mastership. I need him a champ. You need Alakazam. I, we both we both get it. <laughs> but, um, but then, anyway, so Koga and Agatha both have this fight with their Arbucks. And we find out that, oh, yeah, that Arbok wasn't dead. Apparently, Arbucks work like other reptiles. Not like how... Because snakes, they don't, they don't work this way, but... They work like Piccolo. Uh, they, they they can regenerate yeah. as long as they don't lose their head. Yeah, so basically we find that out. and They have this big, long battle. And this is one of those like complicated fights they have where Agatha separates Blue and Koga. And she does something to like paralyze him so he can't see. So he's almost using like Golbat's, um, Golbat's like, supersonic to like radar around and figure things out. And Koga 
has to throw him a paralyzed heel on himself to to uh, you know. And I think he used he used like an Ekans he had in a, in a ball with a with the paralyzed heel to get to get it to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did that because uh, Blue gets like paralyzed. I do love how Koga has like uh, Ninja Star fucking Pokeballs. Yeah, they like get that's one of those ones where it's like, dude, that's fucking sick. Like, why we have all these other fucking silly Pokeballs like a you know, farther up Pokemon games. I'm like, you can't give me a fucking Ninja Star Pokeball? Like, come on. Like, like right there, it's like... I mean... Yeah, yeah. So, and this big, long battle goes on, and apparently the different Arbox, they have different, like, like designs on their, like, the part of, the, the part of like, the Cobra neck thing. Mm-hmm. So, depending on if that changes, it almost changes its abilities. I, I will say that's something I do kind of like about, like, these series. It gives it, like, more in-depth. Is I, I like the idea that, like, almost, like, trainers can sort of train their Pokemon and have them be able to do different abilities from each other. So, it's not just, just because it's, like, an Arbok doesn't mean it's the same as, like, every other Arbok. Even if it's at, like, you know, a certain level, it's, like, almost, like, depending on how you trained it and what you did and what skills you, t- you know, teach it and so on, like, can change, like, all kinds of different, like, effects of it and abilities and you know, you can even take a Pokemon that's weak against something, but if you trained it hard enough, it would almost become strong against it. I, th- I think that's just kind of like a cool concept. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, too. Um, and just, it, this goes into, it doesn't get as technical as other fights do, because I think that's one of the things that's impressed with the series, is the amount of detail they go into and the strategy behind the fights. Like, oh, that's clever, the way you did that. It's not as much as other issues, but still just kind of interesting. The idea of, like, okay, he's blind, how do I get this to him? How does he come in and help me with this fight, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just those kind of things of, like, really getting into... Yeah, it's it's the in-depth, like, thought process. I mean, you know, these fights weren't one of those ones where someone just sat down and when they were just scripting out their, like, story, like, oh, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, it reminds me, like, someone, like, literally sat down and, like, hardcore thought about how everything was going to go down, how these battles were going to go, and so on. But um, as it kind of goes on, it sort of starts cutting back between everybody else because then uh, Lorelai runs into uh, Green and Sabrina. Well, let's say one of the ways that, like, first before you get to that, let's just say one of the ways Koga actually helps defeat the Arbok, which is he has his Golbat bite down, suck out a bunch oh, of his blood, yeah. and spit it onto the Arbok. Yeah, and it spits it onto, like, its design on its, like... That's chest, metal as fuck. Yeah, I know, just, and it's, like, to the point where, like, Koga's just fucking, like, ugh, fucking lost, like, two pints of blood, but, oh, fucking be okay. Just get me a fucking cookie. <laughs> but, yeah, it is, it's, like, well, that's, like, so you just went expecting a Pokemon one, like, oh, shit, he absorbed, like, he has his own Pokemon suck blood out of his arm, throws it, or spits it onto the Arbok, the thing's fucking, like, blind in its skills, and then he takes it down, like, that's fucking so badass. And here's the thing where uh, we jump over to, that's what you said, we jump over to the other trainers. And even though they hate each other, it's cool seeing Blue and Koga kind of go work together. Because they do have this, like, in the middle of that fight, you do see they they end up gaining a little bit of mutual respect for each other, but they're they're still not friends by the end of it. Where Blue and, or I don't know, Green and Sabrina. I I like how Koga and Blue are even, like, carrying each other out. Like, they just fucking, like, ran out of a battlefield. Like, it's okay, I got you fucking... (laughs) <laughs> got you blue we're gonna make it come on gold duck but i do like how um it, what's, what's actually kind of funny just how like green and sabrina are just fucking up because they can't even get <laughs> shit together at all throughout their fight like green ends up getting knocked out their their character their their pokemon are attacking each other by accident in the middle of the fight just they can't get their shit together at all throughout this one 
<laughs> yeah, I know. It's just one of those ones, everything. I even like this part where Sabrina thinks she's like, wait a second. All those fucking attacks are being directed right at Green, like, and not me. Yeah. And I mean, like, like, literally directed at Green, not Green's Pokemon, like, full on at Green. There's even a part where, like, the Jinx just, like, fucking, like, brutally, like, beats fucking Green down with, like, a double slap or something, or pound or something like that. Flat out does a Mr. Big Hand, just like, BAM! <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, you know, they realize later it's like, oh shit, like, the whole point that uh, Lorelai was is just, like, just fucking take one of them out hardcore, and then you only have to battle one of them now, and now it's easier. Yeah. And then you even have the whole thing where it's almost, it's, uh, you have, like, both Surge and Bill going through, and Bill and Surge just being like, God damn it, college boy, keep up, you know, and they, they're, they like, fighting on top of an onyx, and just kind of hanging out there over, like, a pool, like, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know where the fuck that magic heart came from, if it's basically acid spit from a vile plume or whatever, but... Yeah, like, Bill, like, falls, he's like, oh, shit, I'm falling. And then Lieutenant Surge is like, no, not Bill! And then for some reason, is that Bill's magic carp? Because he just, like, falls into this, like, puddle. He's like, this ain't fucking water. And then, like, magic carp, splash! And then that, for some reason, shoots him back up onto the onyx. Somehow, maybe that's, maybe that was his magic carp. Because I could see him, not because I, not that he's a fuck-up, but I can see him because he has, like, a, he has a Vulpex and a magic carp, I think. And then I think he has something else. I don't remember what else he has, but... Um, I think he has, like, a Nidoran, maybe, or something like that. But, um, then when he gets up, he's just like, like, Surge is like, look at your shoes in your, in the cu- the cuffs of your, of your pants. You're basically just standing in acid, you know? And that's where Bruno comes in. And this is the question where I'm like, is he still under the mind control? Or is he just kind of like, oh, I got over it. It's like, yeah, you know... They took me out to Denny's and we had a birthday bash and it was all okay. Grand Slam! Like, oh shit! <laughs> you can't just bring up Dane Denny's around him. He's just gonna shout that at the top of his lungs. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I love this battle. He's like, okay, we're gonna have this battle on top of this onyx. You know what I mean? It's gonna be so fucking epic. And, and Lieutenant Surge is like, whoa, 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 whoa! You're the fucking. You're known as the master trainer of onyxes. Like, how the fuck do I know this is not your onyx? Bruzik's not. <laughs> but, but how do I know? You gotta believe me, man. It's I like you... fucking epic battles. I wouldn't fucking cheat you on this. I'm fucking Bruno. Bruno. Ooh, Bruno. There's one thing I love more than if there's only if there's one thing I love more than Denny's Grand Slams. It's an honorable battle. All right. So yeah, that's how you know to trust me on this. Yeah. But do you think that in an earlier version, maybe it's goes without saying. Uh, you know, people might say that's racist. But do you think he's related to Brock? Uh, I don't know. I always kind of thought he like probably like he was supposed to be like you because you know you battle Brock. Think about it. You battle Brock like he's the first gym leader you go to, and then practically, I mean, I guess Bruno's like the first to the last. But you know, in a sense, Bruno's in the very end. Like I almost thought that that was supposed to be kind of tied together. I mean, I know that like we're literally putting this together because they both have squinty eyes and dark hair and tan. Though I, I like how like. Brock has a tan in like the beginning of this series, and the tan sort of fades away as it goes on. Someone's like the the, the toning guy. He stops was, going outdoors. <laughs> yeah, the guy who was toning. It's like you know what? Fuck it. He's not gonna have a tan anymore. I'm sick and tired of to- every time he's on the fucking page. I got to get a tone out and put it on Brock. Well, I never. I wasn't sure what the whole thing with Brock was supposed to be. I wasn't sure. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to make fucking jokes here or anything. I'm just. I, I wasn't sure if he was supposed to be Asian or if he was just basically because everybody else. I'm assuming everybody else in there is Asian. So I'm assuming maybe he was just meant to be this guy who's just very intense. So his eyes are always squinty because he's just like, he's the intense battle guy. You know what I mean? 
Well, and I, what I think it really is too is I think it, it's like this because this comes from Japan itself, but it's like he's super Asian. <laughs> I don't mean it because he's got the, but I think even Asians they kind of get it because they're like, yeah, dude, there's there's some there's some of us out there just you know been out in the sun a little too long and just got you know your eyes as squinty as can be and so on. I think that's supposed to be what it is. I think because he, he works in Pewter City, so he's just like if he's not over in the gym, he's down like. In the bright sun, smashing rocks, the rock quarry. So, you know. I mean, if you think about it, if you drew Clint Eastwood back in the day, yeah, he would have squinty eyes too. <laughs> I think it just might be the intense thing, you know, because I usually think the bigger eyes is someone for oh, like, like a cute character is more for someone who's more innocent and more like emotional. Where the more say Serge's eyes, they're big, but they're not they're- as big, and they're more narrowed in. That's more of like, okay, he's still expressive, but he's very, buddy, um, he's expressive, but you can still kind of get the vibe of what he's about. Where you look at him, it's just like, oh, you can't read him. He's just all fight. He's just all just like he's focused force of nature. Because yeah. him, both him and Brock kind of have similar personalities. Shit, they have similar Pokemon too, even. And they're both kind of like that fighting, training, you know, that kind of type. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if in this graphic novel or in the next one, they come out and say something like, oh, that's your cousin, or that's your brother, or something like that. Yeah. It, With it, Rock. It, it wouldn't surprise me. And this is where, um, then we jump back over to uh, Blaine and Yellow. I, and I, well, actually, we... I guess this pretty quickly. Sorry, I, I know we're through this. But just like the Ninja Star fucking Pokeballs, I love how fucking Bruno has Nunchuck Pokeballs. Yeah. So you know that probably in England they weren't allowed to fucking have that page. Are they not even allowed to show those in England or something? Or well, at least in the nineties, like in the eighties, they they like I always thought this was the stupidest fucking thing ever. But like England ninjas was illegal in England. You <laughs> 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 there, you boy? <laughs> like always oh, climbing up the wall again. <laughs> he's, he's doing kung fu flips. All oh, that fucking wanker. <laughs> Some fucking, no, like, some, like, Seriously. 19, like, some, like, fucking, like, early, like, 1900s, like, fucking constable with a little fucking bowler hat and, like, a billy club. Like, you get back here, you! Oh, god damn it, he's running across the wire again, doing that Naruto run! Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, it was such a problem in England for fucking ninjas. Because Ninja Turtles itself is not called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles over there in England. And this is the part I can't ever figure out. They somehow edited out all of Michelangelo's nunchuck scenes, like, in English, like, the version of the TV show. The movie even go to the theaters? I mean, the movie even go over there? The, like, live-action ones? Oh, well, that's, like, kind of weird, too, because I'm like, the, how do you edit that part out? You know what I mean? Like, but... I'm just wondering, what was it? I know we keep... Folks, I'm sorry. I know we keep on getting off track, but we gotta, we gotta, we gotta like, just stop and analyze this just for a moment. <laughs> what was it that happened that, like, all right, no fucking ninjas? <laughs> Was there just a, you know, some the fucking great British kid of fucking 1983 swinging fucking nunchucks around one day? Fucking, you know, like the queen comes out, one of those nunchucks just slips out of his hands. It fucking flies, just spinning around as all like hell can be, and then fucking slaps her across the face, wraps around her throat. She's fucking up there choking. I was in mid drink when you were saying that, and that shit just came in my fucking nose. <laughs> Well, it's like, here's the other one that's fucking weird, because he, 
If you remember in the original Ninja Turtles TV show. Give me show, a minute. I'm sorry. Give me a moment. <laughs> you fucking die in there. I'm just thinking of the fucking queen getting choked out by fucking nunchucks. <laughs> and just some British kid like in like a fucking like Halloween costume looking ninja suit. That's all I picture. Fucking, and then like, just a bunch of like fucking like guys with like those mustaches that start at the sideburns and come down like, there's that fucking gun! And they start beating that kid down like with the fucking billy clubs. <laughs> Well, okay, when you get later into Ninja Turtles, like, I, I think that they must have just, cut, like, literally fucking England out one, I guess, the entire rest of the world, because in the original Ninja Turtles TV show run, I used to remember as a kid, I'd be like, why the fuck does, like, Michelangelo never have his, like, nunchucks after a while, and he's just got that stupid fucking yo-yo, you know what I mean? Like, not saying that the yo-yo is not kind of cool, because believe me, I love I love a good yo-yo, but... Come on, he had nunchucks, and they just switched. They, I think they just realized, like, you know what? It's a fucking pain in the ass to edit it for these fucking British people. So you know what? We're just gonna give him a fucking yo-yo. Apparently, that's not in like the anti-like. But it's so weird. It's like, okay, they're anti-ninja, they're anti-nunchucks, but samurai swords, a fucking bow staff, you know, ah, fucking Raphael's weapon. Just drew a, <laughs> drew a blank on it. Whatever. That stuff's all fucking okay. Well, were they fucking? Was it a pair of nunchucks that killed Princess Diana? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) They found that, like, in the fucking car wreck. Bloody fucking ninjas! I knew it! Ironically enough, Wales is totally fine with it, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those ones... I think nowadays, I think, you know, you you could fucking be a ninja and freely walk. Well, shit, probably you can't anymore. You can't even carry a fucking handgun. I'm pretty sure you can't carry anything else there. Jesus. Well, there's some of those weird laws. Like, okay, for some reason, guns are allowed in California, but nunchucks are technically illegal. But it's not, like, this hard law. I don't know how much of a hard law it is in England, but the idea of, like, no ninjas in media there. Like, so I guess they got no shinobi. I guess you can't play as Espio in any Sonic game over there. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, like, one of those ones, like... Yeah, but it's just so weird. It's like, yeah, so it's like, yeah, because that's what the, the Ninja Turtles, like, over there, they're like, whoa, whoa, they're not fucking ninjas. They're heroes, goddammit. <laughs> they're bloody fucking with... heroes is what they are. It's like, shit, it's not like the Ninja Turtles takes place in England anyways. They're fucking in New York. Just, we've seen your Judge Dread comics before. You think you could let the fucking turtle slide? so anyway we're going back to the bet we're going back to the comic and um blaine just basically blaine explains to like uh yellow like yo that thing probably just is suffering nom flashbacks it has that scar on its ear doesn't remember shit it's looking fucking left and right doesn't know where the fuck it's going there's these tight spaces of like the cave are really fucking doing a number on pikachu you notice how he just kind of walks around with, like, like he's constantly chewing. He has, like, a spit bottle with him. He's just, like, eyes always darting left and right. <laughs> Doesn't get more than two hours of sleep a night. <laughs> but I like how they do tie in, like, the like the Pikachu or the Pokemon Yellow thing where, like, you could talk to Pikachu and see what he was feeling, you know? And at first, Pikachu's like, like fuck you, you stupid fuck. And then after a while, he starts to love you and so on. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't take long. All you had to do was almost like, I want to say he liked he liked you by the time you were just starting to reach Brock. Like before you even beat Brock, he kind of liked you by that point. Maybe I'm wrong. But, unless you know. unless you're that asshole, like, yo, you go in the fucking, you go and build PC, or you go in someone's PC. We don't even know who the fuck it is yet. I wonder. There's got to be those people who got the yellow edition or got Let's Go, and as soon as they got like enough people on the team, they just threw him in the PC. Like, don't need you. you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm replaying Let's Go right now, and um, I contemplate it just cause, so I don't... Because it's easy just to fall into habits and just kind of have the same team you usually use. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, what if I just threw him in the PC? But no, nah, he's too useful. He's too useful. I can't. So. I felt if I played that game over, what I would do is I would only because that was the thing is that game is like Pikachu was like he was like well I just did the thing where I was like I just want to see if I can beat the entire game of just Pikachu because he was just like so powerful and I just like sure I'll go with it but what I would do next time is I'd be like I, no no I'm gonna use other Pokemon I have to use other Pokemon but I because you still gotta kind of have Pikachu for all like the HM abilities because he learns them all there but that would be his only thing I wouldn't train him whatsoever he would just be like the tag along friend who you use the like fucking you know, bum a ride off of or cut down a fence, you know, or light up a cave. Graf- the graffiti you know that gym? Friend that like, like, that's hey. an HM? Oh, you haven't got that one? Where he kind of comes by and like, hey, Ryan, we haven't hung out forever. Like, what do you want me to do? Uh, do you mind lighting up this cave for me real quick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's what I would do is I'd have him for like that just to see, because I feel like that would change the difficulty of the game. It would almost make the game a little bit more like equal. I mean, the thing it is, is, is the way that Pokemon is made is you're supposed... The, the game is designed that you're supposed to switch between six Pokemon. But if you do the thing where you just let, like, one or two or three Pokemon just, like, gain all that experience, then next thing you know is, like, then you just become super overpowered throughout the game. Well, the other thing with that one is, as much as I love Red and Blue, the originals, if you don't start off with Squirtle or Bulbasaur, the first... And I was always a Charmander guy... The first gym was always so fucking tedious because you'd have to, you know, because Charmander's not going to really do a whole lot against fucking Onyx. So you got to actually, all right, I got to capture a Caterpie. I got to train this thing into a Butterfree so then I can use, like, some psychic attacks on Onyx. And if you didn't have that, then it would just fucking take it. If you didn't have that, it would just be a fucking pain in the ass. Well, it's funny because there's kind of like that old-fashioned kind of, like, I guess you would say people would say that, like, the difficulty of Red red and Blue was that, I think it was that, um, I think Bulbasaur was supposed to be, like, playing the game on easy, Squirtle was medium, and Char's, or Charmander was hard, and, like, I mean, like, I do kind of get it, like, those first couple battles, and I think that's what they're sort of based, or the first gym leaders are kind of basing it off that, because, yeah, Bulbasaur kind of, he'll do really good in that beginning of the game, you know, Squirtle will do pretty well, as, too, I mean, when you get the Misty, I guess you kind of have a little bit of, like, you know, same type against same type, but here's the thing, from past, once you're done with Misty, fucking Charizard will, like, just rape everybody in sight, like, you won't have a fucking problem from that point on, you know what I mean? Because I feel like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Charizard is the one, compared to, like, Bulbasaur and, you know, um, Squirtle, I think Charmander, like, is by far way more powerful, like, I mean, I guess, you know, it depends on how you kind of train him, but, like, let's say this. There's certain types of Pokemon that I think just kind of do better overall than others, you know? And I always feel fire Pokemon. I mean, really, at the end of the day, their only real weakness is water. And beyond that, they pretty much kill almost anything else. It's not their main weakness, but they're weak to lightning. Oh, but that doesn't do, like, a whole lot of damage. It doesn't do, like, it's that not like, as much. It's, it's not, not like as much one as hit kill, like, weakness. Yeah. It'll take a big chunk of them, but, like, all right, all right. But, yeah, it's one of those things, like, yeah. Um, no, those ones are usually, like, uh, I usually... I'm going to say, I'm thinking about all the games I play. I usually always go with the Fire Guy, just because I like the design of the Fire Guy. I'll be 100% honest, Sword and Shield, I like the Leaf Guy, but the Blue Guy, the the um, the Water one in Sword and Shield, I don't even like the design of that. Like, the first, the because uh, I looked at what they evolve into ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like, what he starts off as, he looks cool, but then you see what he becomes, he just looks like, uh, nah, not feeling that. 
Yeah, see, I, I like to be surprised. I, I like to feel it just like I was playing the game for the first time and just see what it is. And, and sometimes I've been misled in Pokemon games. I'm like, oh, that's what it fucking evolved into. But that's why like, I just I don't I like like the thing of being surprised, but I also want to know what I'm investing all this time into. And I, you know, in all honesty, if I knew the gorilla thing, if I knew I was getting like gorilla, gorilla Neil Pert, I might have jumped on that. Because that's what I chose, and I was actually that was pretty happy with that one. Because a lot of times I'll say this, like I always like the plant Pokemon, but like let's be honest, at the end of the day, like the plant Pokemon have a lot of things that kind of like go against them, and then like there's a lot of Pokemon that they don't always do like great damage against. That's that's always the kind of downfall. That's it's like Bulbasaur to me. I think he's like my favorite design out of all three of the original starters, but. He, I, like especially on red and blue like he just doesn't have the same attacks as like the other two do real talk he's the only plant i like from generation one everybody all the other plant ones are oh they're there or mm-hmm. i don't like them you know what i mean he's the only one that actually looks cool to me yeah i mean like i, I like some of the other ones designs but like yeah like seriously that's it even though now i'm kind of getting the point where like i like to try to choose like those kind of weird pokemon and just sort of see what like they kind of do like i'm kind of almost into that like if i was gonna go back and play red and blue again or something like that i think i would try using just like some oddball pokemon like stuff that i would never normally pick up and use and just see where i can go with it you like throw the your you throw your starter in the box and then you from there you just use like all right let's see how far i can get with a rat attack <laughs> like that, that, that would almost be kind of fun the, the deal i mean you know, it sounds kind of, like, weird, but, like, you, you, I don't know. It's, like, it's, I, I technically have never done that, so it's, like, yeah, just pick up, like, Rattat, and then I'm going to have, like, a Gloom, and you know what I mean? And then I'm going to get, like, let's say, like, uh, let's even do, like, a Geodude. Like, I've never really, you know, utilized one of those guys throughout time, and just kind of pick, like, a completely sort of different team than what you would normally do. Like, almost do that thing that you have to take six Pokemon out of, like, choices that you've never really used, you know? Like mm-hmm. that, that, that'd be the goal. It's like, be like, well, if, if you use a fucking Caterpie before, you can't use him. If you've used the fucking Pidgeotto before, you can't use him. You know, mm-hmm. and just like really just pick those. Because I bet you at the end of the day, you'd find that like, oh shit, some of these Pokemon actually are pretty cool. And they learn some neat moves. And I mean, you know, I, I think it really at the end of the day, it's like, you know, a fire Pokemon's going to be a fire Pokemon and a, and a grass Pokemon's a grass Pokemon and so on, you know. And you got TMs to teach them with those other moves along the way as well, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, going with all that, we should probably actually give it back to the comic here. Yeah. Uh, but um, following up with this, that's where uh, after Bill and Surge actually have a little bit more of a battle, and that's where Yellow and Blaine jump in. Blaine says, yo, Pedro's not flashbacks, this and that. We jump back to, like, actually, it's the kid. I think this is supposed to be the kid who, um, who uh, Blue helped out get the Lapras and the, hunt- hunter- the Haunter back. Oh, I mean the kid that's like for some reason left at fucking it's Blaine's office. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's that kid. And then Blaine just like, like oh, he's, he's like, to... "Yo, kid, you you want to make a fucking extra like hundred bucks? Like, watch over my lab while I'm fucking gone on a mission. Don't let the nerd leave. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, whatever you do, that nerd I'm keeping. I'm, I'm, he's in fucking pristine condition. Don't you fucking open the package. And that's where the nerd wakes up. Like, oh yeah, well here's what happened. Uh... We came across, like, fucking, like, Red, and we tried to see if we, you know, I was leading a team, and I told him to get back to work, but for some reason, we couldn't even crack the ice on him, or whatever. And that's where I ended up getting this glove, and then I disguised myself as him. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's all I'm here for. And then we jump back to the battle, and There's, like, those Super Mario Brothers-looking guys that he fucking hires to try to get Red out of the ice. 
I wonder if that's supposed to be like they look like they're they're part of like wrecking crew or something like that. Yeah. And then um we end up going over and watch uh we have the actual flashback to Agatha what her beef is with uh Oak. And it's not that he left their uh, you know, mamas and papas cover band or anything like that. <laughs> It's they end up having this. Uh, she thought like, she you know walks what? in on him fucking banging Mama Cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what can I say? <laughs> Professor Oak's a chubby chaser. I like the big ones. Oh, you really start going like Bill Clinton. He's like, well, you know, me and the Clinton boys started hanging out together. You know, shit. You ever seen one of them parties? Yeah, he likes to put on a dress and, you know, play the saxophone while he gets his dick sucked. What can I say? Good time's a good time. You know, shit. You know, fuck I don't bro- go to those Jeffrey Epstein parties. That's where it gets a little weird for me. But shit, everything else. Good yeah. time's up the building. Yeah. You might be understanding where this Arkansas twang came from. It just comes hanging out, it comes hanging out with a little wild bill. <laughs> but it's like, so they had this big old fucking battle and whatnot. And of course, fucking Oak wins. And so it's, I, I'm assuming it's supposed to be just like, you know, the Pokemon, you know, Indigo Plateau tournament back in the day, you know. When, when Oak, I, I like how Oak's kind of like Steve Martin. I know it's in black and white, but I just feel like he always just had white hair. <laughs> well, the thing is, Oak doesn't, Oak looks the same. You, you, we make all these jokes about him being all younger or older. He looks the same. Agatha looks younger, but she's still dressed like a grandma. Yeah, it's like, well, they just do the thing where they're like, oh, we'll just erase like those, like, you know, it's like animes kind of do the thing where it's like, either somebody has like a couple wrinkles or they just got like a thousand. And she's, you know, kind of just got her handful. It's like, oh, just erase a couple of those wrinkles. And now look at, she's, look, she's young now. <laughs> but they really should have the- gave her like a, like a sort of a different outfit, I think. I think that would have changed it up. I mean, Oak's got his fucking bodybuilder suit on. He's still he's kind of dressed. He looks the same as he did, yeah. And I, I like I like like uh, I I like I like a uh, bench lift oak. I like that one. I like that version of oak. And basically, she says to him, "Hey, man, you are so good. You should come back and working for us because we're working on something special. We're gonna make something happen." He's like, "Nah, I'd rather make the encyclopedia that I always wanted to make." Like you fucking idiot, you could do anything in the world. You want to make a fucking encyclopedia? Like, there's a lot more about these things we don't know that we could we could learn about them. And then they end up having this battle for eight hours straight. <laughs> yeah, just talking about fucking intense. Like that's that pay per view you pay for. And you're like, shit, I I got beyond my money's worth out of it. So much so that I'm not even too sure if I want to pay that much. <laughs> and then, but luckily, they just skim it. They just say, yeah, the battle went on for eight hours. Shit went down. Got nasty. And um, that's when we cut back to Koga and Blue. They've been lost, running in circles, and Agatha's Gengar is attacking them, and they keep on trying to get away. And I want to say that's where we cut back to the different gym leaders. We see uh, the gym leaders fighting off, like, you know, Brock fighting off in Pewter, Erica fighting off in Celadon, Misty fighting off in Cerulean. And it looks like, we're taking heavy fire, we need reinforcements! Because you just see buildings literally toppled over, like debris everywhere. Like shit you would never, you'd hardly, maybe you see, okay, there's the episode where like the tentacle attacks or whatever. But beyond that, nothing like this level. Yeah, I just love how Brock's just got, he's like, Team Geo, dude! And he's just got like six of them out there just fucking throwing down punches and whatnot and like just protecting areas. And fucking poor Erica, like, there's literally like a fucking like landmine goes off somewhere. <laughs> she's like blown back like like she's in fucking <laughs> Vietnam right there just like, lay, like laying on the ground and there's a fucking like shelter like over her like... Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> like has to send her ten, uh, Tengula after him or whatever, and then you have like Misty fighting off a bunch of Gengars. I'll say Misty probably has, even though 
uh, Cerulean's fucked up, she at least has it easy because at least her guys, or it's like, okay, because all the, um, all the fight, all of Bruno's guys are attacking Pewter and Rock and, and fighting is strong against Rock and, uh, all of, uh, Lorelei's guys are attacking, um, um, Celadon and Ice is strong against Grass. But at least Misty's a little bit more evened out because it's like, okay, it's water versus ghosts. So I can kind of go either way. Well, yeah, because water pretty much will eliminate ghosts really easily, at least get by game standards. Yeah. And then from there, this is where at some point, um, like when they're fighting on top of the Onyx or whatever, uh, back in the back in the Elite Four cave, that's where, um, you know, Surge says he gets his Magnemites and makes that force field. And Well, he, I, th- and I think this is where, where um, one of Bill's other Pokemon because Bill has like an Execute or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah, he has an execute, that's what it is. But basically, he makes a force field around them, and uh, Surge is having trouble, fall, like, he falls off, he's getting pulled down by Hitnumly, and that's where Red comes in, he's like, I'm back to save the day, and you know. Well, because Surge does that, he does that cool tactic where he's like, you know what, we'll take down this Onyx, and he throws out like, his like, um, Electrode and the fucking, like, the execute, and they do like a super fucking self-destruct. Mm-hmm. And they're back, like, Red seems very cool to be seeing Surge for, like, the guy who tried to, like, chuck his dead body off, like, the SSN or whatever. But he's like, oh, I'm here to help! He's like, oh, I'm glad to see you, kid! And they end up having this big badass battle, and Red's back in the fight now. Why is Red just, like, on the bicycle? He's just like, hey, I'm just riding this bicycle up on Onyx. I just think they wanted to make it cool. I think because, you know, it's just visually cool. He's just back on the bike, you know, and... You're, you didn't really see him ride the bike that much in the, in the, throughout the series, even though that's the thing you do all the time in the game. Like, why ride, Why walk there when I can ride a bike? And, and that's I, I where... think it's also, too, it's like that thing that appeals to, like, a kid where you're like, dude, check out, he's got his fucking bike up on the Onyx. Fucking badass, man. We're just riding down it while this battle's happening, and that's the thing that's always cool about this comic, is the, the trainer is very much part of the fight. Like, if it's a standard fight, he's probably just standing a little behind him, telling him what to do. But if it's his life or death shit, he's very much in the fight. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, they are just full on part of it. I think that just makes for such more like dramatic and awesome kind of battles and whatnot. But so Red's back. He seems very like he doesn't seem fucking war scarred like fucking Pikachu. He has like a bandage around his ankle, but or around his leg, but that's about it. And then he's, I'm sure we'll get his story in the next volume. And he's like, I'm back, and shit's going down. Shit's going down, and that's where you know, um, as they're trying to figure out what's going on, that's where. Uh, Yellow's hat gets knocked off. Like, Yellow is a girl. And to be continued. Oh, yeah. And it's like that thing. Because I remember that was the very first thing when I first saw Yellow on the cover of, like, whatever the first book she appeared in. I guess not he anymore. You know, it was one of those ones where it was like, oh, that's totally a chick. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like I didn't mean it like, oh, that's fucking a chick. But I mean, like, literally, it's like, oh, cool. It's a, you know, girl character's going to be the one. And then it's like, oh, it's not. It's a, it's a little fucking boy. Oh, that's fucking weird. You know what I mean? Because what I thought it was is, you remember back, I think it was in volume three. There was, like, that side story where, like, Red was in, like, Viridian City, and there was, like, that girl there trying to learn how to capture Pokemon or whatnot, and he kind of gave her some pointers. Oh, shit. You're right. When I first saw the Volume 4, I thought that little girl, I thought that was who this character Yellow was going to be. And then once it was, like, a boy, I was just like, oh, I I guess, shit, fuck me, I guess I'm not right. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot... Oh, you were right. I didn't even think about that. So that makes sense why they this person would be so interested in trying to help out Red. 
<laughs> maybe it's those ones once too like fucking blade, maybe we're both blade knocks maybe. off yellow's hat maybe. it's like oh you, you're a girl you got long hair it's be like dude i just got fucking long hair like i i know you're fucking bald but it doesn't mean i'm a woman just because i got long hair like oh, oh well you know in my generation uh you would have been beaten in the street but uh you know it's, it's a new world <laughs> Might have to last samurai that shit, you know, just like saw it off right in the street while you're on your knees. Yeah, fucking uh, crying and just being like, "Don't take this away from me." Maybe I don't know. I'm assuming that's something. Cause, I mean, the hat comes off, and it's it's almost like a big reveal. So what's the reveal? You're a girl. What's what? I guess I think I'm assuming you're right because I don't remember what that kid looked like, but that makes sense. It makes sense why this person would be so would want to help out. Um, Red, because doesn't Red actually catch? I don't remember. Does Red capture the first like issue or whatever, and hands it off to some kid? Is it a needle? Is it a needle Red or is it like a Ratatat? God, it's like I that. Think he, I think he helps capture a Ratatat and hands it off to a kid at some point. Yeah, it, it might be because I, I just remember looking at like the cover of number four right when we were done with three, and I was like, oh, that's totally the character. I was like, and then I was like, oh, I, I guess it's not because it didn't like nothing really fucking led to it. You know, so now it really just kind of goes like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe it actually that is. is. Maybe we're giving it too much credit, or maybe that's exactly what it is. Because this show, this comic does have a thing about bringing it around full circle. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it always makes it go with this one. It's like, oh, it's like where it's like, oh, well, we get why you had all those feelings and problems and so on. A girl, you know. <laughs> well, I'll I'll say. I, I mean, I love when they have that reveal thing. It, it almost has that reveal, like like almost like fucking Blaine walked in on fucking like. Like, like fucking yellow in the shower or something like that. Be like, oh, shit, you don't got a dick? Oh, God, this is real. This is even more awkward now. <laughs> or, well, like the fart in, like, fucking, um, in the, like, what was it? Pitch black, where Rick's like, well, someone's on their period. Just like, I'm not, neither am I. Like, I'm sorry. Like, oh, it's not a boy. You know, like, it's one of those kind of things. <laughs> yeah exactly like about those fucking weird moments <laughs> so a, a girl getting her period for the first time that's a plot point in the sci-fi horror movie yeah <laughs> well we just I did... still like that movie oh i fucking love that movie don't give a fuck what anybody says who the fuck i don't know who says that that doesn't count but Amazing fucking film, but yeah, it's just a it's just not a plot point you expect to come into play. Yeah, no, it just was. It was like it was just that thing. It's like, well, we can't tell what this character is, and uh, even the even the characters in the movie are confused. Yeah, but anyway, going back to this uh, makes me look forward to the next issue, the the next volume, which is the last one as far as the Kanto region goes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Once again, fucking this book just delights more than like almost any comic. It's, it's so weird. Like I just read these, and it's like I mean, granted, like I know that like Pokemon, like that's one of my favorite things of all time. Slash, like I mean, realistically, we could not have been a better like candidate for like when Pokemon first came out. Like we are literally like that generation. Like even other things. Like I'll even say like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like realistically though that's such a big thing for us too that kind of if you take about like what its pure target audience was for kind of like when it came out it was just a little bit older than us you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean granted i think that a lot of times those things like you could kind of come and just you absorb it all as time goes on but like i always think pokemon though is like it was made exactly for the 10 year old i was fucking 10 years old when it came out <laughs> like 
as far as America goes, it's just like about as all perfect as can be. But these books, though, it's just like, ah, dude. I don't know. It's just one of those ones. It almost makes it like, I feel like it's almost hard to read some of them, some other comic books now because you're like, these ones are so fucking good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's going to fucking live up to Pokemon Adventure? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm actually, well, first on, there, there's this period, I, I'll say it, there, there's this period earlier on in the podcast, like not this episode, but the <laughs> podcast itself where we reflected on Pokemon and all that. And I'm like, oh, you know, I liked it as a kid. It's not really part, I'm not really, not really into it now, but whatever, you know. I can say, you know, going back and playing some of the newer games as well as the other games, because I was mo- mostly going in with the attitude towards the show. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things like, no, I am back at the point of liking this thing, because there's that point where you get where you succumb to peer pressure and you're just like, no, it's fucking for kids. I liked it then, but I don't like it anymore. Fuck it. It's and all about Inuyasha right now. What? It's all about Inuyasha. Oh, I never liked Inuyasha. Fucking Inuyasha. I'll flat out say it right now. Fucking Inuyasha. <laughs> I never give a fuck for that show. It's made by anyway, the person that made Rama one half. I still don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I couldn't care less. It's one of the, you, you take forever to find this fucking. I don't remember the, what the they're trying to find, like the soul of Kikio or whatever the fuck. And I, I never liked Inuyasha. I could never give give a shit. But anyway, um, regardless of that. And here we are just like, you know, I like this show. I, they, they respect Pokemon just the same way I respect Inuyasha. <laughs> they fucking Donegan comes out. It's just like, you know what Don't I hate? Show. Inuyasha. Yeah. You know what I also fucking hate? People that like Inuyasha. <laughs> I just don't. I just never gave a shit for Inuyasha. That's all it is. But um, I'll say this. It's one of those. This is one of those shows that is one of those uh, franchises that I have come back around and. Maybe I don't like every little corner, every little aspect of it, mm-hmm. but playing the old games as well as the new games and then reading this manga really has kind of like reminded me why I like it so much. And I can flat out say, yeah, I like Pokemon again. It's it's one of those things that, you know, for a while I'm like, oh, I'm kind of a lukewarm fan. I'm like, no, I, I'm I'm big enough fan I like it again. I don't know every generation. I don't know every character or anything, but enough to like, yeah, no, no, this is a... It's still, I'm kind of glad I'm back to it. Yeah, because, yeah, because that's the thing. Is like, I felt like, because I've been, like, I, I never really left Pokemon, you know. I was always kind of in, like, there's, there's, like, a couple games that I just remember. They're, like, those time periods where, like, you just couldn't afford always, like, everything. So, you know, you might have missed out on, like, just one or two, like, variations. So most of the time it's always, like, where they were, like, always those kind of second ones. But, like, I've kind of always played it. But, like, the thing is, is, yeah, there's, like, those ones, like, there wasn't always tons of people to, like, share that with or at least... You know, because people had, like, the fond memories of, like, Pokemon back in the day, but it's not like everybody really kept up. But, um, like, that's always something that I, I look more forward to, like, a new Pokemon game than I probably do almost anything else. And this this uh, manga series is proof that, you know what, this actually does, can have a good, um, it can have a good story. You know, this, this series right here is proof, like, you know what, this can actually be, you know, more than what just the anime was. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's for me, it's like... I always liked the anime just because it takes me back to that time period, like, you know, the greatest decade of all time of, like, fucking fourth grade. I like to call it a decade, but just such a magical moment. So, like, there, like you, you could never really take that from me, but, like, I do get it, like, because, you know, Ash is just the fucking moron you're watching that, like, you're just hoping will do good, and he finds a way to not. Where this story is just, like, it's this, I don't know, I just, I think these Pokemon Adventures, I know, I feel like we just talked this thing up like it's the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread but like it literally is like shit if you gave me sliced bread or this fucking pokemon adventures i would take the pokemon <laughs> adventures you know what i mean shit, i can slice my own bread i'm a fucking like it's 
it's funny because I've actually, you know, since we're doing all this retro, like, video... When we were doing the Nintendo stuff, I started picking up the um, Sonic uh, IDW comics because they just started from scratch. And just, like, you know, where it takes... And it takes rather than being, like, you know, a continuation of the um, Saturday morning cartoon or expanded version of that or whatever, they're just making it take place in the world of the games and moving forward from there. And in time, I'm not, I'm not, we're not promising anything right here because we still got to figure out a time and how we want to do it. But I'd like to do those at some point, at least volume one or volume, like volume one to volume two or something. Because that is, this kind of reminds me of this, where it's like, you know, you say to somebody like, oh, the Sonic comic's really good. Like, shut the fuck up. But then you actually read it like, oh, no, they actually are, like, they actually are really good. Maybe you want to change your mind if you weren't into Sonic, but... It's surprisingly clever, well-written. They understand the characters. They make a lot of small little nods and references for people who do play the games. Like, the people who wrote the the people who uh, wrote the comics, you can see they give a shit about it. At the exact same time, though, you can see they know what to have emphasis on and what to pull back on. Yeah, it's like they, they totally just kind of get it. Now, those books I've always really wanted to kind of, like, go through for the podcast and so on. They've always been on the list. Without spoiling, without spoiling anything, there's a part in like the newest one I was reading, um, where Tails he has the where he has to fight off a bunch of robots, and he's in the um, he's in the tornado robot from Sonic Adventure Two, mm-hmm. and he the first time in the series he's been driving that thing. He's unloading on him, and he has to get out of there. And he's getting cornered, and he, it's a legitimately sad part, and he has, like, a faint tear in his eyes, like, you, I'm sorry, but you deserved better than this, and he sets it for self-destruct and has to get out of there. <laughs> that's pretty, that's badass right there. Yeah, so it's, this, it's like, anybody else would be like, okay, whatever, it's like, you don't get that. That thing was, that was your, that was your bro, that was your main thing in Sonic Adventure 2, whenever he played his Tails. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and that's what I just like about it. It's like those stories that are like one of those ones. Like, it's like it's kind of like the Pokemon Adventures. Like, yeah, you, you first and foremost, you got to kind of be a Pokemon fan. I do. I mean, not saying this book couldn't win over you know certain people, but you know what I mean. I think that's kind of like the key thing. Just like getting to the Sonic comics, you got to kind of be a Sonic fan. But like, it's that thing where it, it takes those stories and it almost takes it to like the next level. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Gives you more of what you want. Gives you a deeper world kind of sense and so on. And, um, yeah, just Expands fucking, on the characters and the world. Yeah, just fucking great stories, you know what I mean? But, um, so yeah, I look forward to more of that good, fun stuff. There's, there's, you know what I mean? We live in, like, the fucking greatest time period ever. I don't give a fuck what anybody else says around you. Like, li- literally, we got so much fucking amazing content that's out there that no matter... If if we fucking read something awesome every single day, we'd never even scratch the surface on how many cool things there are. You know, it's just there's just not mm-hmm. enough time in life until we like get the elixir of life and become cyborg robot bodies. But hopefully one day. Yeah, if we, if we put enough money on you know Elon Musk, we might get there. Maybe, maybe get there. But um, maybe he's not getting in Twitter fights with people. Anyway, yeah, I'm holding up the show. But yeah, till then. Go to oldmanoings.com for more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys, old animations, and all that fun stuff. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanoings.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. 
If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again, we're out of here.